Amen. Can we give the Lord praise tonight? He's worthy of our praise. The Lord moved in the altars this morning. People's lives were touched. And uh, what they did, committed, and those things are between them and the Lord. But I do know that in Yadkinville, another soul came to Jesus Christ this morning. Thank God for that. Amen. That deserves, that deserves a, a cheer. Because that's what it's about. I am excited to be a part of what the Lord is doing. I know that He's still in control. And the greatest weapon that we as believers have is prayer. It's prayer. And I believe that we serve the God, a, not a God, but the God, who still answers prayers. He still hears us when we call. And tonight, uh, before we dig in, uh, I want to, us to go to the Lord in prayer. And, uh, the Costner family, uh, Bud Costner, part of Summer's family, uh, he, he passed away. Let's remember them in prayer. And, uh, on the live stream, Tammy Bratton, a good friend of Summer and myself, our family. We haven't seen in quite some time, but I'm telling you, she was there when we started. If I get a little emotional, it's because there's, a, there's an attachment. Because when nobody else was around, Tammy, if you're still watching, you were there. And we have a special place in our hearts for the Bratton family. But she's asking for prayer for her grandson. And Tammy, we're believing whatever the, whatever the need is, the Lord will take care of that. Donna Carter, she's a, a friend of mine as well, and she works in the state office. And, and in fact, she helped play a big part in, in the transition and, and what took place in Yatkinville. And you don't even know it. Many of you probably don't even know who she is, but she's on a ventilator right now, uh, fighting for her life. It's crazy how, how this sickness can just affect some so, in such a devastating way, and others, it, it does it. She needs a touch from the Lord. And again, continue to remember Bobby Reichert. We're going to see him tomorrow. Lift him up in prayer. Bobby Joe and the family. We need a touch and a move from the Lord. All of us. They do as well. And he's able. Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus. The only way we can. The only way we know how. Lord, and we lift up all these to you, the Costner family, Lord, that you would be the peace that passes understanding. In a time of loss, there's grief and sorrow and heartache, Lord, but you're constant, and I pray that you would move in this family's life. Lord, that you would bring peace and comfort. Lord, we just lift up Tammy Bratton's grandson to you, that you would touch whatever it is that needs to be touched, Lord, that you would move in whatever way needed, Lord. Lord, that you would intervene. Whatever needs to happen, Lord, you know. And I pray that, that you would move in that situation and have your way, Lord. Not only for Tammy's grandson, but Tammy and her family, Lord. That you would pour, pour out your spirit, Lord. Continue to touch them and move in their lives. Lord, we lift up Donna Carter to you, Lord. We know that it seems hopeless or impossible, but God, nothing is impossible for you. And I pray that you would open up her airways now and let her breathe the very breath that you've given her. 
Lord, as she worships and adores you, Lord, I pray that you would touch her, touch her family and be with her, Lord. Lord, we lift up Bobby Riker to you that you would touch his body. Lord, that your will would be done. Lord, that you would have your way, that you would give strength to Bobby Joe and the family. Lord, we ask that we not faint, that we not be distracted, Lord. In all that's going on, we look to you because you're constant. Lord, that you're faithful, that you stick closer than a brother. Lord, that we know when the, when the enemy comes in like a flood, you have raised up a standard that is against him, Lord. And we trust in you tonight, tomorrow, the day after, the week after, the year after. Lord, our faith and our hope is solely in you. Holy Spirit, we ask for your anointing tonight that you would anoint our ear to hear and our heart to receive. I'm asking for an anointing like I have never known to preach and teach your word. Lord, that we may be laser focused in these last days. That the harvest is right. Lord, let us be ready to, to bring it in. Let us labor for you. Don't let us grow weary in well-doing, Lord. Keep us, protect us, strengthen us, Lord. Lord, we know the work that you've begun, that you are faithful to finish and complete it. And I praise you, God, for what you're doing. We thank you, Lord. pray you bless the tithe and offering. Lord, that we will be good stewards of what you blessed us with. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If I could get an usher. Gemma. Gemma, you look like a good candidate. Don't run over Sonny. amazed at what the Lord is doing and uh, you know I know that over this last course of time few weeks whatever and everybody's all up in arms and tore up from the floor up and leaving Facebook and I keep bringing I keep being brought back to Romans chapter 10 how will they hear without a preacher I ain't going nowhere you censor me cut me out shut me down whatever but when you let me back on I'm gonna keep preaching the name of Jesus let me tell you something. Now ain't the time to jump ship just because you don't like something. How would it hear without a preacher? Come on, y'all. It should not be a shock to us that everybody don't want what you want or like what you like or desire what you desire. But I want to tell you something. Whether they do or whether they do not, they need to hear the Word of God. They need to know that Christ loves them. So, oh, I'm just going to... They won't let me do this. So I'm just going to leave. Why? That's all, the is absolutely true. The going gets tough and people leave. I mean, I know we say we, the tough get going. No, they leave. Not, now is not the time to, because it's just going to happen somewhere else. So whether you like it or not, Facebook, I thank you for allowing us to stream services. Y'all may think that's nuts, but they allow it, and thank you. Thank you for allowing me a platform to preach Jesus Christ to the world. To the world? Yeah. 
in the last 30 days uh, from four different countries, Canada, United States, uh, the United Kingdom, and Istanbul have been a part of our services. 28 different states, 51 different cities. Yes, we have the ability to preach the gospel to the world. So I thank you, and we ain't going nowhere. So there you go. I laid it all out. I want to continue uh, kind of what I started, well, with, not kind of, but what I started this morning. And I knew it was no, there's no way I could cram it all in in one message. And uh, talking about distracted, distractions, people who were distracted or not distracted. Why and what they were being distracted from. We know why, because the devil desires to shift your faith from him, his provision, the finished work of Jesus Christ at Calvary to anything else. Anything else. Why would he desire to do that? So that you'll take your eye off Christ. Because he comes, John 10 and 10 tells us, to steal, kill, and destroy. If you think he come for any other reason, you are sadly mistaken. So if you are in Genesis, I didn't tell you to turn there, but it's really easy to find. It's really close to the beginning of your Bible. And you don't have to go far, just go to chapter 6. Uh, I, I know I loaded a lot of information in this morning, and, and I don't apologize, but I wanted to lay the groundwork for all that we're getting into. And talking about one that was not distracted, and we, we talked about Noah preaching to, to everybody who would listen. But nobody listened. They may have listened, but they did not respond. So we understood that, that or, or from, from this morning, that that 1,600-year span, the antediluvian age, that no one, not one person was saved. Not one. We preach and we get, man, we feel beat up. We're going to let the devil tell us, hey, can't anybody come down to the altar today? You gave an altar call and it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. People were crying, but nobody responded. I think you ought to just quit. Yeah, I think that's right. I just quit. Ain't nobody listening anyway. Can I tell you, preacher of the gospel, it ain't about you. It ain't about me. It's about the Word of God. The Word of God cannot be measured by the response of people. So listen, not one person was saved with the exception of Noah and his family. Two were counted faithful, righteous, Abel, and Enoch. Nobody else is mentioned. We don't know. They, but mentioned, recorded in the Bible, no one, not one. I read through you in, in, in Exodus, or not Exodus, <laughs> I got ahead of myself, Genesis chapter 5, uh, 6 through 20, the, the, the lineage, the names, Methuselah, Jared, the begats, and all these years they lived, but, and he died, the three words that were mentioned. That's it. That's as good as it got. Woo! This is good as, this is good as it will ever get for so many people because they do not have Christ Jesus. I'm going to tell you something right now. You could be so poor that you can't afford to pay attention. But if you got Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is not as good as it gets. I'm, we just, I'm going to a city. We've got a promise, a hope that's coming. But you can be so rich and, and full of uh, worldly things that you can buy any and everything you want, but that's as good as it will get. And you will inherit eternal damnation without Christ. So we want to know what? We're, we're being distracted because the gospel is trying to be pressed down and suppressed to keep from being preached because it's the good news. 
So after sin entered the world, men were begat in the likeness or in the image of, of men. We, we learned Adam, had, they had Seth, but it was in his image, in his likeness, because sin had entered in. So therefore the sin nature come about. And we are cre if we were created in God's image, man was created originally in God's image, but now that, that we are in the likeness of man, that sinful nature, if it were not so, there would have been no need for the Redeemer to come, Jesus Christ. So death is that penalty of sin. Uh, so, so prior again to the flood, God walked with man, and after the flood, man walked with God. But now in Christ Jesus, we walk in Him. The antediluvian age, it was evil. Evil. Pure evil. No different than today. The, 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 the beginning of chapter 6, I'm not really going to get into that, but in the beginning of chapter 6, you, you talk about and look at the wickedness of mankind. <coughs> Talking about fallen angels, the giants of the land. 6 verse 5 and I didn't give this to you, I'm sorry, but 6 verse 5 says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So this is what God saw. This is what God recognized. This is what he was dealing with. This is what <coughs> he was preparing uh, Noah to to make a way of escape, to prepare a way of escape that nobody listened to, but nobody paid attention to. And, and he preached, turn, basically, from your ways. So it, it grieved the Lord that man would reject the help, that man would reject the offer that's no different today. People go in services all over this nation, all over this world. The Holy Spirit, no doubt, is drawing, and they push Him away. If they'll push the drawing of the Holy Spirit away, don't you be offended if they don't listen to you. So, this came in. Why, did, why, why, why are you here? Why, why are we talking about these, these giants, these fallen angels? There was a plan for Satan. Don't think he's not planning. Don't think he's not strategizing. Because they knew, he knew, that the Lord had to come, Jesus Christ, the provision had to come from an incorruptible lineage. So his plan was to corrupt men, to corrupt the lineage of men. So they took daughters and they made sons. The devil's not dumb. And you're not going to outwit him. You're not going to outlast him, and you're not going to outsmart him. And in fact, you won't even outquote him. Can I tell you the truth? The devil is smart. If you think he's some snotty-nosed, horn-ugly being, then you don't understand the Bible. The Bible says he was the most beautiful angel, but he was corrupt. He was wicked. He is wicked. He's full of evil and desires to take you down. Because he don't care about you. The, 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 the deception and the pits of, of hell have come up and, and they, they, are, they are being used in full force right now by media to drive a wedge deeper to get uh, 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 Terrence and myself to not like each other because our skin color is different. How stupid is that? Who cares? It, it, it does 
And we fall for this garbage. So this is what's going on, and not, not then, but it's going on right now. And we think it's all good. It's all going to go away. And when we, when we what, after uh, Wednesday or Tuesday or whatever day the January the 20th is, when a new a regime, a new reign, a new government comes into place, then all, all peace, love, and harmony is going to happen. I'm going to tell you it ain't going to happen. It's just not. And it wouldn't matter if the same one stayed in place. It still ain't going to happen. It's not about who is in government. Hear me clear. It's about the King of kings and Lord of lords. And it's about the church not being distracted and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I promise you, that is the only hope for not only this nation, but this world. That's it. Nothing else. Nothing else. So we know that God's nature does not change. But he changes this way in regards to situations developing on earth. Here's how. When a sinful man changes direction through repentance, God changes his direction toward that man. Hear me. God's nature does not change, but the reward for what one believes will. So when one's heart changes direction, when a repentive heart comes to Jesus Christ, God's direction toward that man changes. Now, instead of, hear me clear, we say Jesus loves everybody. He does. He has a love for. So now, instead of having a love for the individual, God bestows that love into the individual. Why? Because now the provision has been accepted and he's allowed to work. This is how, this is why a true believer will not, a true believer will not, should not, I'm not going to say will not, but they should not, if they are, they're in the flesh and not in the spirit, they should not ever desire to be separated from a person based on skin color or nationality. <laughs> that stuff makes me so frustrated, I want to kick a hole through this thing, but I ain't going to do that because this is expensive. That would hurt my toe. But, but, but the Bible says, if my people who are called by not my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then, then will I hear from heaven and I will, I will heal their land. So, so if, if we read in the Bible that if, if certain things are adhered to, if certain things are applied, then certain things from God will take place. If my people will, then I will. So don't blame God's will on your, and I've said this over and over, especially the last few weeks, don't blame God's will on your lack of duty. 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 Don't, don't blame what's going on on your lack to do something. If, 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 if take it all the way back, and, and, and if, if the, the priest would have come carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and they never stepped foot into the water of the Jordan, and then they were mad and blaming the, the flood on God. But they failed to be obedient to the word of God because they would not walk into. So we got to understand where we are. And we got to understand that distractions are all around us. And God does not desire for you to take a one moment to be involved with it. In Genesis 6... 
verses 8 through 10, and I hit this this morning very, no, no, I didn't really, I hit verse 8. It says, but Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. But Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. <coughs> and if you underline in your Bible, I, can, I, I encourage you to underline generations. And, and, and uh, Noah was a just man and a perfect, imperfect in his generations. There's generations again. And Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. By the way, I was not right this morning on the name. James was really close. And I ain't going to try to say it again because I'll just destroy it. But um, just in case you wondered, you can look it up. How do you say that name? They'll tell you because I can't. But this is the first place in the Word of God that grace is mentioned. The first place that grace is mentioned was with Noah. And it's, it's the goodness of God extended to undeserving man, so you cannot earn it. His grace is rewarded on the principle of man's effort. Hear me clear. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. But here's the principle of man's effort, placing our faith, this is the effort, fighting the good fight of faith. Right now you got people preaching there's battles you need to engage in. There's battles, there's battles, there's battles. There's one fight that you fight that's the good fight of faith. So the, the principle of it is I apply, I anchor, I root in Christ Jesus. I stay right there because we read in Ephesians that you are saved by grace through faith. So to live a life of obedience to God, even though we fall short, and we know this, that we all fall short, it tells us what? We can't earn it. You can't earn it. No one can earn it. But we're trying to do good stuff. You go back to Enoch, I, I said this morning, his faith was to help his and endure and strengthen his walk with the Lord, not to change the world. We, we, that's what we think, right? We, I'm going to be used, I'm going to be a world changer. Woo, I'm going to win the world. I'm going to do witness to the world. Let the Holy Spirit draw them in. Let the Holy Spirit draw them in. It's the cross of Christ that makes grace possible. He took care of the, that, that, that sacrificial system. The Lord did. He took care of that. So there's no, there's no more grace right now than there was in that day. Or when you began to be a recipient of grace. But you can most certainly, we know this, frustrate it. To be a recipient of grace, we've got to place our faith exclusively in the finished work of Jesus Christ, the cross of Christ. We have to place our faith there to be a recipient of that grace. Because Christ is the source and the cross is the means. We know this. So all things we receive from God and, and, and all things that happen are through and by Christ. Through Jesus Christ. Not anything we do, not anything we say, but we've been deceived, we've been distracted by working. Me and some are teaching on Galatians, and we're, we're right in the middle of it, because you can't be saved by grace, but live under law. You can't live by, if, if righteousness come by the law, then Christ died in vain. So we think, we, this mentality, I'm going to work myself, I'm going to work like the devil for Jesus. You might, but it's what context? Why? I'm, I'm giving my all to him. I'm doing because I got not to get. 
So to be a recipient of this grace, again, we place our faith in Christ. We realize that Christ is the source. The cross is the means by which all things are given. So if the cross, and it is the finished work, and it has been ignored, if it's ignored, this limits the grace that God gives and bestows in our lives and allows and stops and hinders the working of the Holy Spirit in our life. It does. When you turn on your kitchen sink, or your bathroom sink. Jeff's got a new one. <laughs> Praise God after, he's like me. Just stuff's got to happen. <laughs> so we just got to fix it. But if you turn on your sink very little, it's just a little tiny drip. But if you turn it all the way on, it's open wide up. This is when we keep our faith exclusively anchored in the finished work. We're removing, I don't know, when I was little I used to like to build dams in the creek. And I like to watch the water pile up. But then I would like to go kick the dam over because I wanted to see what the water would do. And it's, this is the picture in my head, the mental picture, because when I was frustrating the grace of God, when I would put my faith in other things and do good stuff, even scriptural and biblical stuff, I was creating a dam. The grace was still flowing, but it was not getting to where He desired it to be because I was stopping it. But when I surrendered all, when I learned what victory was through surrender and quit wrestling, the dam was boom, just kicked over and grace flooded my life. It, why, why we say it's like getting saved all over again. So this, this mandate for us, this to, to preach the good news, the gospel to, to all the world, is still there. But we have to understand what we're dealing with. It's craziness. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're taking it out on people. I don't like that person. It's the devil. We don't like to say that. But if the cross of Christ is ignored again, we frustrate the grace. Again, Galatians 2 verse 21. I do not frustrate Paul writing the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. When you go to Galatians chapter 5, in verse 4, it says Christ has become of, of, of no effect unto you. Why? Because I've been distracted and I frustrated His grace. And I'm trying to do it on my own. Christ has become of none effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. So what you're saying when you're doing what the world desires you do, I don't need you, Lord. I don't need your ways. I don't need your help. I can do it my way and slap your name on it. Don't work. When I, when I, uh, when I was in my heyday of skateboarding, <laughs> I wasn't very good. At best, I was a, a, a half of a one on a scale of one to ten. But I remember going to these skate competitions, and I thought I was something, man. I would hit these launch ramps, and I never would land hardly anything. And I'd be like, over there, all three foot two of me, and probably 30 pounds. I was sure I was dirty. And I'd be like, look at that poser. This, I thought I was something. This, this imposter. Who do they think they are? 
come out here with all that good stuff. I'm just some poor old dirty rat kid from Ranelow, and I know what I'm doing. I thought I was good. But this is what, this is what we have become as so many believers. We become imposters of the gospel. Because we tuck our, our Jimmy Swaggart Signature Series Bible under our arm and we make our journey, our pilgrimage down to Baton Rouge and we run in to get a front seat so people can see us on TV and we can wave at our parents. And we're, we're going to conquer the world for Jesus and we don't know nothing. We become imposters, posers of the gospel. Why? Because we've been distracted. When all he wants is for you to be a willing vessel. He don't care what you look like. He, don't, he, didn't ask, he didn't ask Moses if he could speak good. He didn't ask Moses if he had a clear and a, and a great uh, ability to, to uh, 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 speak and, and to lay it out just so eloquently. He didn't ask any of that. He already knew and he said, I've already made a way for you to do what I'm telling you to do. I just need you to be obedient. Moses, don't be distracted by your inability to speak clearly. I'll send Aaron to be your mouth. Jeremiah was terrified. I've just put a child. God said, don't you say that. I will put in you what you need. <laughs> I don't want to go way ahead of myself, but we're going there. So anyway, the, the, the grace was frustrated and we, we made it of none effect and the people have made it of no effect when they try to do it their way. The key to all good things of God, grace is the cross of Christ. It's not, it's not listen, hear me clear, if you're watching and you don't know who we are, it's not the wood beams. It's not this, we're, not, we're talking about what took place. And we know this. It's faith in the finished work. Most modern Christians are living in a state of frustration or frustrating the grace of God. How? Why? Because they're trying to do it their way. They're trying to do their things. Mostly it's by ignorance, but either way the effect's the same. When, 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 uh, when we would build a new job site or what, whatever you have, we, we put these things in the, in the uh, catch bases of the grates, they're called socks. Their job is to catch all the junk and the trash to keep it from going into the, the water runoff, shed off. But if we didn't clean those socks out, it wasn't on purpose, but we would just get busy, then big rains would come and the water would never drain and it would flood job sites. It was out of ignorance, but the effect was the same as if it were we, we stopped it up on purpose. The effect's the same if it's by ignorance or by willful uh, desire. So you know, when our faith is in anything other than Christ and the cross or that finished work, it frustrates the grace of God, which means it limits what God desires to do in your life and limits the Holy Spirit working in and through your life, and in turn it frustrates you. Frustrates me. I've been there. We've been there. I've lived this life. I, I've worked myself to death. I know what I'm talking about. Not from somebody else, but from experience. Genesis 6, 9 says, These are the generations. I told you to underline that word, generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And, and again, underline generations. And Noah walked with God. Hallelujah. I walk in him. Man, that is so awesome to think that I have the ability and the privilege to do so. No 
and his family were perfect. Listen, I'll refer to the first chapter or first part of chapter 6. They were perfect in their lineage in that if they had not been corrupted by the, or they had not been corrupted by the union of fallen angels and women. They had not, their line had not been corrupted. So not only was Noah of pure descent of Adam, remember, Seth was the promised one, not the, not the, not the anointed one, but he was the promised so, so the lineage had to stay intact for the Bible to be true. The, the, the lineage stayed intact. So not only was Noah of pure descent of Adam, but he was also pure in his conduct, for he walked with God. The first word, generations, in this scripture, the first word, generations, points to natural birth. The second, generations, points to that spiritual birth, Hebrews 11 and verse 7. It points to spiritual birth. It doesn't mean that he was a sinless perfection. It doesn't mean that at all. It, it, that's, that's not obtainable, but it meant that, that his lineage was perfect and had not been corrupted. Deception will, will creep in and, and, and it will distract us and allow things to take place that God did not intend. God never intended for us to ever be in bondage. Didn't intend for it at all. But we become distracted and we can be. Or we will be. Our ambition should be this, that we find grace <coughs> in the eyes of the Lord. Grace in the eyes of the Lord. Sam Cornell wrote a song and it's talking about this. If you don't know it, look it up. It's a good song. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 9 says, Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. I just want to be accepted by him. Period. The scripture says that Noah was a just man. It means he was justified by God. He was justified before God by faith. Hebrews eleven seven again says that, that he was an heir. <coughs> Noah was an heir of righteousness. How? By faith. We got a clue, we got a key here, faith. He was an heir of righteousness, not because he was, not because his lineage was un, uncorrupted, not because he built the ark, but it was because it was by faith. It ain't because of what you do. Noah would have never built the ark without faith. Noah would have never preached that redemption is found or, or you can be saved if you'll come in the ark. He would have never preached that, that wrath is coming because especially by a flood. Without faith. Just as grace is tied solely to the cross, so is justification. But not only justification, so is sanctification. What do you mean? I mean that continual work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Changing us. Changing us. What do you mean? I mean changing us. It's not complicated. Well, I'm good. No, you haven't been changed enough if you think you're good. 
He desires to move and work in your life. Without the cross, there is neither grace nor justification. And when Christ came, He came as the last Adam. He came for us. And in the second time, He's coming as, or the second as a man, He came as us. He was the substitute in all things. Justification comes through faith. So God cannot justify anyone who places their faith in anything other than the cross of Christ. Because it's a false hope. We have been distracted from proclaiming and preaching the truth. To telling people you got to go here, go there, do this, do that, join this church, watch this TV show, don't watch that show, do this, don't do that, give here, don't give there. I'm like, could you start over? I, don't, I, I lost you after the first one. Because my attention span is shorter than a goldfish. Good deed don't justify you. I don't care if you ring the Salvation Army bell at Christmas and make summer cry and give away hard tootsie. Where do they get those tootsie rolls? You've got to have some good dental work. Do not, if you've got weak teeth, do not take it. And that's way off the subject, but it don't matter. Good deed does not justify you. It's found in faith in the finished work of Christ. It's faith in Christ and the cross alone, which God honors. Read Romans chapter 4 and 5. Then you get to 6 and learn about the change. And 7 about the whoo. Oh, I'm wretched. I'm rough. I'm a rascal. But in, in, in 6 verse 10, uh, Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And, and, if, 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 and I'm not going into all of this stuff. And people will talk about the breakdown of where the people came from and all these things. But which one did you come from? I don't care. I don't care. I'm not calling Ancestor.com to see if I come from Ham, Shem, Shem or Japheth. I don't care. All I want to know is when the trumpet sounds, I'm going home. I don't care if I'm a quarter white, three-quarter Cherokee, and, uh, well, that would be a full, one quarter and three, or I meant to break it down further, but it doesn't matter to me. I don't care. I'm, I might find out that I'm half Zimbabwean. That would be crazy, but who cares? It makes no difference to me. So here we come in the time of Noah. We get into verse 11. Violence is in the land, 11 through 13. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. What's going on right now? Violence everywhere. Violence. Verse 12, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. 13, God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy the earth. I bet Noah was like, man, God, I appreciate you using me to preach this. This is going to be such a great message. They're going to be running to the altars. No, they're not. God's left no choice but to destroy the entirety of the antediluvian population with the exception of Noah and his family. Again, between 300 and 400 million people. A lot of people. Verse 12, that the earth was, was not only corrupt, but the people were working at making it more and more corrupt. 
people wanting to be open in their sin and, and dangle it in front of your face and laugh and laugh at God is daring Him to challenge what they think, what they believe. Wanting sinful lifestyles to be accepted and, and encouraging others to join in. Perfect example, homosexuality. If I don't agree with you, then I'm a bigot and I hate you. No, it's not. I stand on the Word of God. They want me to accept a sinful lifestyle as being okay. I don't care who accepts it. It will never justify, and you cannot justify sin. Let's go a step further. Those that hate, those that are prejudiced, those that preach from one side of their mouth, and kill the brother with the other side. That's just as wrong, and it cannot be justified. Oh, oh let's go one step further. Those Christians that are, that are bashing and, and wanting to denounce and destroy Joe Biden. Oh, brother, now you're getting up in my lunch box. You better shut your mouth. Again, I did not vote for the guy and would not. But I'm not going to destroy him. I'm going to pray for him. If all the theories don't come true and through, then whatever day the 20th is, he'll become the president. But if, if you're going around trying to murder the man with your mouth and want other people to jump in on your boat, it's just as wrong. I didn't mean to go there, but I did. All flesh had corrupted his way. This was the plan of Satan to stop the Redeemer from coming into the world through an uh, through a through a uncorrupted lineage. This is why evil was rampant because he had worked a plan masterfully. And we think the devil's stupid. I'm gonna tell you right now. Go on a diet. First thing he's gonna do, you're gonna start smelling. Like your mustache will smell like steak or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just want something to eat. I'm not saying the devil put it there, but it's just how it works. You're distracted. Then comes destruction, verse 13. For the earth is filled with violence through them. Through who? People. Instruments of the devil. What? Now, I'm not talking about being like Kenneth Copeland. You don't want to fly in this tube with people of, of vile and corrupt nature. <laughs> that's that's nuts. That's crazy. But the but the Hebrew actually says in this way, for the earth is filled with violence from their faces. You ever watch somebody just pure and evil and they love it? And they almost laugh. They knew what they were doing and practiced more. They, they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were practicing more and more and more sin as if daring God to stop them. It's really no different than today. People, people making signs and all of this junk. Laughing about going to hell. Why would they laugh? Either one, they have never heard the gospel, or two, they have and rejected it. One of the two. Why? Out of selfish desire. These people would find they had gone too far. And God said, I'll destroy them from the earth. The earth belongs to God. Yes, Satan may now have control of it, but he belongs to God. <coughs> Gave dominion to man, but man forfeited that dominion to Satan when man fell. 
when man, when, when the fall of man came, so who does nothing, Satan does nothing but steals, kills, and destroys. God's grace was, was still shown even here. There, there is more said about the violence and injustice than the sins committed directly against him. He could have laid it all out there, but he didn't. Here comes the ark. Here comes, the, here comes what was trying to be distracted from Noah. The ark's coming, uh, verses 14 through 16. Noah, God speaking to Noah, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shall, shall thou make in the ark, and you shall pitch it within and without, with pitch. <coughs> and this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of, the length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, the height 30 cubits. A window shall thou make to the ark, and the cubit shall thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shall thou set on the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shall thou make it. God gave instruction, clear instruction, detailed instruction to Noah. Was Noah a carpenter? I don't know. Was Noah an engineer? I don't know. Did Noah have all the tools and necessities he needed? I don't know, but I, did know that, I do know that God supplied them all. God never calls the qualified, but he will qualify who he calls. And if you use 18 inches to the cubit, that's what that is, because we don't say, how tall are you? I'm three cubits and a half tall, or whatever it may be, I don't know. If you use 18 inches to the cubit, <coughs> this, this ark was 450 feet long. That's, that's, uh, over uh, that's almost twice as long as this church. This church is 234 feet long from front to back. We've got a long, skinny church. 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet tall. Three floors with 15 feet uh, between each of them. Big boat. In the middle of dry land where rain had never been. I mean, I would imagine we would think Noah has lost it. Dude, y'all heard, hope you heard about this dude building this. He says God told him to build it. Says it's going to rain. Ain't, what is rain? I don't even know what rain is. Ain't never seen it. But God's going to send it, right? We would think he's crazy. But again, if then the Holy Spirit wasn't moving and operating like he is now. So because Christ has come to break that, 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 that barrier down where we can be recipients of all that God has. And we don't have to have all the laws and go through all the means necessary to, to, to receive repentance and, and all of those things. It's there. But we would still think they're nuts. The, the ark is a, a type of Christ. So, so Noah was being used, but he was being pulled in all directions to distract him from doing what the Lord said. To build something to save all who would hear, but nobody listened. In Eden, there was a tree, the tree of life, the tree of life, and, the, and at the fall of man, sin entered in and it brought about death. Go for wood. It's traced to be likened to the cypress. The cypress rots from the inside out. 
But when you ride through the swamp tours, which we've been on, you see cypress trees, they say, are hundreds and hundreds of years old. But inside, they could be actually dead. There was life in the tree of death. And though it was dead, God used it to save a life. This now became the tree of life, the, the ark, if you will. For out of death came life. There was death in the tree, but now life in the ark. God designed it this way, but Noah had an option to listen to the naysayers or follow what the Lord told him to do. There was death on a tree, now life for you and for me when Christ gave up his life. God uses the foolish to confound the wise. He used death to bring life, and he is as sure a savior to the sinner as the ark was to Noah. But will you be distracted from what he desires you to do? Even if it's as crazy as building an ark. We're not building an ark. I mean, I, if y'all were, we're not, so don't worry about that. I mean, well, unless the Lord says to, then uh, I, I'm, I, I'm a, probably set myself up. I say, I hope you don't. But the pitch was what we would call asphalt or tar, and it, and it carried the symbolism of, of the covering of sin, pitch within and without. The Hebrew translates, shall cover it with a covering. It was a type of blood covering which made an atonement for sin. So, so modern scientists say that this, the ark, speaking of the ark, it was a, uh, there was approximately 250 different species of animals four-footed animals, and you double that for the female and, and, and seven times that for the clean animals. So uh, uh, Israel had, was enlightened of this good while back, but it wasn't just two of each animal. It was many. Because you had to have sacrifice and everything had to be kept. So then the birds, and, and, and it was believed that the animals all took up approximately a million cubic feet of this ark leaving about 2 million cubic feet for provisions. We have a hard time wrapping our minds around what the Lord told Noah to do and, and what, he was, what he could have been distracted from doing. I put it in this terminology. I broke this down some long time ago because I wanted to realize how I could understand it. I understand using concrete trucks because I, I did this for 20 years and not poured concrete. Well, I did pour concrete, but that wasn't my profession. If you look at it this way, a concrete truck going down the road, 10 yards of concrete in this truck. Most have around 8, some carry 10, but it was usually 10, 10 yards. 10 yards in this concrete truck. You would need 5,625 concrete trucks to fill the ark. This is, this is what we're talking about big. We ain't talking about a little, a little paper boat going down the creek. Huge. But the whole time Noah was told to build the ark, he began to do what the Lord said. The Lord no doubt sent what he needed, sent the people that he needed to help, but even the people that helped him didn't enter in, other than he and his family. Why? Because it could seem foolish or stupid. I don't know. But the, the window and the door, it's not probably what we would think, the window, but it was for light and it was also for ventilation because it had to not smell very well in there. But more than likely, the, uh, the, it was an open space about 18 inches high running all the way around the ark. 
not a, not a window like we think, not running all the way around the ark and at the top protected by an overhang. And the door was more than likely extended to the full height of the ark. We're not certain how long it took Noah to build it. We don't know. But no doubt the Lord drew the plans in detail and He gave them in detail and even helped Noah and the workers construct it. And here comes the destruction, the flood. Verse 17 Behold, I, even I, do bring forth a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein the breath of life from under heaven and everything that is in the earth shall die. Everything died except for Noah and his family and what was in the ark. So I can only imagine, I referred to it this morning, as the waters began to rise, and, the, and I, there's more detail, but for time's sake we're not going into that, but as the waters began to rise, experiencing something they never experienced before, people saying, Noah, wait! Because the Lord told them to come in and shut the door. It's just like the story of the ten virgins, thinking I can borrow oil from your lamp. When they came halfway prepared, but not really. But as they were, the waters were rising, I'm sure that they were watching in grief and, and great despair and, and saying, well, I wish you would have only listened. It's too late. The door is closed. They're trying to climb up the side of the boat and hang on and grab hold of something, a loose board, a nail, anything they can do to save themselves. But they could not because there was one way in through the door. This is what Noah was telling them. And he knew what had to be done, but he was not distracted from doing what God said, even when nobody listened. I mean, we think, man, our Facebook page ain't got but 20 people on there. What a waste. It ain't about numbers, it's not. I mean, I like my brother's answer when you go to all these church things. It's always the same question from all these preachers. Brother, what you running? So all they want to know. My brother always says, what number will make you feel good? <laughs> so I'm going to steal his answer. Or I'm going to ask the question with the question. Because if I tell you more than you got, it's going to hurt your feelings. If I say less than you have, it's going to fill you with pride. So I just, whatever number makes you feel good. None of that matters. We're distracted by stupid stuff. Everything died but no one is family. Men will say God is cruel for this. The government, uh, is the government cruel for stopping a serial killer? No. God wasn't cruel. He was merciful. He brought life out of death. Everything in earth shall die. He did this to stop Satan from ruining what he created. <coughs> simply put, so he could send the Redeemer. Satan almost succeeded, but almost only counts in horseshoes and grenades. He didn't. There was a covenant made in verse 18, but with you I will establish my covenant. You shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, your sons' wives, with you. This is the first word, uh, the first time the word covenant is used in the Bible, and God promised it to one that he considered faithful and righteous. 
The word covenant hadn't been used previously between God and man, and still a covenant had been made. If you look at Genesis 3, verse 15, it says, I will put enmity, God speaking because of the fall, between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, thou shalt bruise, uh, or shall bruise thou thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So this concerns the sending of the promised seed which continued through Noah. God knew what the devil was trying to do. Satan used the woman to bring down the human race and God said, I will use a woman as an instrument to bring the Redeemer into this world, the promised seed, who will save what I created, her seed, Christ. It was a promise that was established with Noah. Without this covenant, all others are worthless. Every covenant in the future world, every, covenant, every future covenant would depend on this one. Would Noah be distracted or not? The coming of Christ into the world. God promised the Savior would bruise the head of the serpent. He assured Noah that Christ would come through his lineage. And you shall come into the ark, and you and your sons, your wife, your sons' wives with you. Noah guarded his family against the in, in, uh, intrusion of evil. Men. It's time for men of, of faith to rise up and be the man of the home. That doesn't mean that you, you, you walk around... I'm talking about covering them with the word, with, with prayer, seeking the Lord. It's the responsibility of the head of every family to lead their family in the ways of the Lord just as Noah did. Because Noah was not distracted. Because he was not distracted, not only he, but his sons and his sons' wives were saved. But we've been distracted by everything. If the singers, if you want to come... Noah was not distracted. What if, what if Noah would have listened to the educated? What is, what is the saying right now? Follow the science? What, what if Noah would have followed the science? Because there was no rain. Science would have told him he's an idiot. What if Noah would have listened to the people? What if Noah would have went with the popular way? What if, what if he would never again one drop of rain had, been, had fallen? But instead, Noah listened to the Father and not man's opinion. Noah was not swayed one way or the other. He was only concerned about doing the Father's will. To do what he said. To preach, basically, to preach repentance. Can you imagine? Let's say it took Noah five years to build the ark. I'd probably say it took longer. Every day, people coming and laughing and throwing things and laughing and, and you're, you're crazy, you're a nut. And he's telling them, I'm telling you that a great flood's coming. God is done. Being, uh, God is done with the foolishness of this world. He's going to wipe it all away. I'm making a way. There's going to be a way made that you can escape if you'll only enter in 
and everybody walking away day in day out the same response to the same message but he was not deterred ministers have been programmed and pushed to believe that if people don't respond if they don't come in by the hordes but you, you need to change the message. I'm going to tell you something right now. If you're preaching the truth, the Word of God, that hell is hot. And it's real. I like what Israel shared. I'm going to preach the truth if it fills the house or clears it. It's not going to change. Will you be distracted? Are you being distracted? Because now is not the time. There never has been a time. Listen, we're not the only church preaching the truth. There's people that bought into this. I'm the only person preaching the truth. Then it tells me you're proud, which also tells me that's a sin. There's a lot of people preaching the truth, but very few are heathen. I want to tell you something. Keep, keep preaching. Keep proclaiming. Keep praying. Keep seeking. Don't stop. The loved one you've almost given up on because I've, I've told him for years. My mom prayed for her daddy for over 20 years and he finally accepted Christ. My, one of my best friends growing up, every Sunday school, uh, every, every Sunday at Sunday school, I knew what Daniel Simons would say, pray for my daddy to get saved. Without a doubt. Every Sunday, pray for my dad to get saved. Every Sunday, the same thing. We already knew as soon as his hand went up what he was going to say, and we would say it sometimes with him. But guess what happened after we graduated high school? John Simons came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. John Simons was an instrumental part in my life, and he watches sometimes, and I always call him Big John. I love the man like my own dad. Don't be distracted. Don't stop. Don't give up. Because there's people that need the truth. All of us need it. If there's anything we can learn from Noah, it's to keep going. I'm telling you, I know the Lord dropped in my spirit in March, even before I knew all of the craziness was going to go on. If you were here, you heard me when I said, the Lord spoke to me and He said, Noah built the ark anyway. In the middle of unsure times and uncertain times when finances may not come in like they have, God has been faithful and He supplied more than we need. Why? Because people need the truth. So this, tonight I, I want you to stand. If you feel comfortable coming to the altar, come on. But I want to ask you a question. This coming year, 2021, I have no idea what will happen. But I want to tell you right now, Lakeside Church here in Denver, Lakeside Church in Yakinville are going to stay committed to preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and Him crucified more now than ever before. If it takes every single penny we have to get the gospel out as far as God will allow, we'll do it. 
I'm believing. I told you. Y'all think I'm crazy. I'm believing for over a thousand souls to come to know Jesus this year through just Lakeside. I'm believing for more than that, but I'm just saying that, that through Lakeside. Bro, that's crazy. Call it what you want. Nothing's impossible for God. If you don't believe it, it'll never happen with you either. So tonight, I want you to know, I want to know if you, know, if you need something from the Lord, we'll, we'll gladly pray with you. But those that are dedicated to, to take the gospel as far as God will allow, to preach, to keep on preaching, to not be swayed, to not, not grow weary in well-doing, I want you to come, just make a stand and say, Lord, here I am. I need your strength. I need you. Because without you, there ain't no way I'm going to make it. Come tonight if that's you. If you need something, just let us know. We'll gladly pray with you. But otherwise, just come and make a stand and say, Lord, I need you now. Go ahead.
I believe God for the impossible. Those that you prayed for, those that no doubt God has blessed with an ability and a talent, I believe this year they're going to flip it around and use it for His glory. Hello, somebody. I believe you're going to see people walk through those doors that will make your jaw hit the floor. Praise God for it. <laughs> I believe that those who come through the door that may be rich materially or rich spiritually. They may be poor materially, but rich spiritually. It doesn't matter what color, what, what tongue, what tribe, or what nation. I'm telling you, I told you my prayer, and I desire you join me and not be distracted in it, that people will walk in this church and they have no idea what, what is this church? Who is the majority? It don't matter. White, black, brown, yellow, everything in between. I don't care. Because God is a, not a respecter of persons. And He's a Savior of all. I'm still believing for a Spanish-speaking service. I don't speak Spanish, Melissa. Or Jeanette. <laughs> Why would you believe? Because why not? Why not? God is not limited to my mind. Praise God for that. Who would have ever thought seven years ago that we'd be standing here preaching to people in New York and Texas and California and, and other countries? But we are. When I first mentioned to you we were going to pull a trailer down the road and go into neighborhoods and events and venues and preach the good news of Jesus Christ, I'm sure some people like, whatever. It's sitting over there. It's already purchased. It's already been made. And, and, and it's going in, a, in about a week to get uh, the stuff put on it. Because guess what? It's going on the road. Nothing's impossible for God. We will not be distracted. We will not be deterred. Come, come, uh, good economy or bad economy, the good news will still go forward. Man, I'm excited tonight. I ain't gonna sleep. <laughs> You'll probably knock me out. I'm sorry. I'm telling you, the, the, the best is yet to come. I, I just want to do something real, real fast. I want you to. I, something I want you to take note of. Anybody in here that's under 30 years old, I want you to raise your hand. St. Tammy, Jason, Dennis, we the old folks on this platform. Look around you, church. They say that the young folk don't love the Lord. I, I say they're lying. Why would they show up? Because they're hungry for more. And they're not going to be distracted by the, what the world says. We've said it from day one. The move of God that will start and has started would begin in these folks. Look who's leading us in worship. I mean, I'm, I'm including Dennis and Jason and Tammy. We're the old folks. But our average age on the platform is still below 30. 
thank God. God's good, church. And now we will not be distracted. It's not the time. We're going to move forward. And next week we'll continue with this, talking about people that were and was not. But I'm telling you, the best is yet to come. That we will, somehow, we will have a Spanish service. And if the Lord, if I speak Spanish, you know it's from the Lord. I can't even say Casa Garcia right. I know it's not right. I wasn't Casa. But God's faithful, church. Hear me. He's faithful. I, I pray that your week goes well. Don't be distracted. Keep preaching, keep teaching, keep loving, keep reaching out. The good news is going to go forward. I, I, I text or not texted. I, I responded to uh, a friend. I never met him, but I called him my friend, Michael Jakes in New York. He's preaching the gospel. I said, from New York to North Carolina, we're going to proclaim the good news. It don't make no difference. It's going to go all the way up and down the East Coast. And all the way out in the west, we got some, uh, Melissa's parents and, and brother out in California preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. We got a good friend down in Texas, New Boston, Texas, brother Matthew Neese preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Got a good friend up in, in right near Chicago, brother Asher Weber preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. It's going on all around this nation and world. And now we will not be distracted. We'll keep going. I love you guys. Come uh, Tuesday, 10 o'clock. Bar nothing crazy. Summer and I will have our Bible study. We, we, that's our plan, to have Bible study. Wednesday service. We're going to be in the book of Mark. And uh, I don't know if I'm missing anything, but check your calendar. We love you guys. We will see you soon. Be blessed.